As Wan Buddhists, one of the foundational elements of our practice lies in increasing our awareness of grace, or vital gifts from the universe that enable us to exist, and without which we could not exist. The fourfold grace can act as a lens through which we can see grace abounding in our lives every day, and model our behaviors after them. The fourfold grace includes the grace of heaven and earth, the grace of parents, the grace of fellow beings, and the grace of laws. I'd like to focus today on specifically the last of these graces and discuss how I have been trying to uncloud this lens in my practice. Of the four graces, grace of laws has been the most difficult to see in my practice. In a literal sense, it isn't difficult to understand. Sotesan explains that we are indebted to laws because we could not exist as individuals or a society without their guidance, regulation, and peacekeeping. So, we should show gratitude to this grace by complying with the laws to which we are indebted, and this gratitude will lead to protection and betterment for the world. This is noticeably different from the other three graces, grace of heaven and earth, grace of fellow beings, and grace of parents, which have a more inherent romantic quality to them. (laughs) It is easy to find rich beauty in each of them, beneficence, nature, love, interconnectedness, kindness, nurturing. But the final grace, laws, feels more cerebral to me and is harder to connect with intuitively. I am also confronted frequently by laws that do not feel like grace. In my work with people impacted by the carceral system, I have balked at laws on somewhat of a daily basis. Laws that disproportionately harm some more than others, laws which keep people from freedom rather than promote a free society for all, laws in which I have deliberately and meticulously searched for loopholes to mitigate their harm towards others, laws I have fought to change or abolish. And in recognizing this, I have often felt conflict between my spiritual life and my secular life. I am in myriad ways deeply ungrateful to laws and entire systems of governance. (laughs) In my efforts to create change and abolition, am I failing to recognize the grace of laws? I'd like to share a few moments that help me make peace with this question. The first exercise was taking laws out of the connotative box I had put it in. Aside from laws as I encounter them in my day-to-day life, what else can they mean? The most obvious for me was laws of nature. I know I can sit on the floor because of the laws of gravity. We know when to plant and harvest crops because of the rotational laws of the earth. I can take my foot off the gas pedal going downhill in my car because of the conservation of momentum. In a spiritual sense, we as Buddhists understand karma as a universal law. Every action has a consequence. 
we can rely on impermanence as another universal law, a key word being rely. Because we depend on these laws for all aspects of our existence, we are indebted to them. And because they are so fundamental to a peaceful and ordered existence, we naturally conform to them. We could not exist if we did not conform to them. Can you imagine if all laws were modeled this way? Sotesan also imagined this when he said, as a rule, what we call laws are equitable rules of the human way and of justice. What we call laws are equitable rules of the human way and of justice. Universal laws may not be under the umbrella of the grace of laws, but we can model our laws after them. In the words of Reverend Wong Gong, universal laws and societal laws have the ability to mirror one another, facilitated by the guidance of true sages. There is a suchness, a universal justness, to this idealized version of laws. This potential gives me hope. Once I started appreciating universal laws, I also started to appreciate societal ones more, which became a second learning moment. I am so occupied at work with laws under the carceral system that I had forgotten about other laws which protect us in myriad ways. I started to notice stoplights and feel gratitude that I don't have to look both ways and guess every time I go through an intersection. When I went to get coffee, I thought about how government bodies regulate what can safely be sold for consumption. I also thought a lot about building safety and how laws regulate the structural soundness of our workplaces and homes. Labor laws keep my working hours finite. Environmental laws keep my water usable. I even started to notice the grace of laws at work while helping my clients apply for government benefits through FNS, Medicaid, vocational rehabilitation, and other programs which provide for marginalized people. I don't think I have to explain the ways we are indebted to laws like these. A third moment came from considering the context in which Sotesan chose to include the grace of laws. He was a citizen of an annexed country, writing and practicing in a time of great disquiet. Korea was officially annexed to Japan via treaty in 1910, a decision which caused immense suffering, cultural upheaval, and Korean dependence on their oppressors for many years. Sotesan would have experienced Japan's use of force to establish military personnel as legislators and the catastrophic results therein. So I was wondering, how could he feel indebted to laws with this perspective? This thought led me to a new one. I think Sotesan, like most oppressed people, was thinking about solutions for his country and his world. Perhaps if a just and grace-filled authority had been in place already in Korea, one which took hold by force and terror could not have taken place. Imagine how different the history of Korea would have been if just laws had prevented the nation's annexation. 
It's a question we still ask today in world tragedies. What if there was something in place to prevent this? I felt a closeness to our founding master with this realization as a fellow radical looking for change. What could be more radical than recognizing the potential for grace in the object of one's oppression? I started reading The Grace of Laws differently after this, with more keen awareness to the way Sote-san subtly intends us to take ownership of our laws rather than be comfortably subjected to them. A good example is this definition that I mentioned before. What we call laws are equitable rules of the human way and of justice. When describing how laws enable us to live peacefully, he states that they do so by reproving injustice and promoting justice. Each agenda item for gratitude of laws includes study and practice, implying that people should be practicing law as much as they can. My last lesson came from what was previously the most difficult section for me to swallow. It reads, if we are indebted to a statute of prohibition in a law, then we should comply with that way. And if we are indebted to a statute of exhortation, then we should comply with that way. Where I used to focus my attention on the discomforting call to compliance, I now focus on a different section. Sotesan calls us to comply if we are indebted. That is to say, if it is wholly imperative for our existence, an equitable law of justice, and necessary by the human way. Laws by themselves are not natural disruptors of peace, but laws disrupt peace when a society does not honor the weight of careful governance, interpretation, and justice when creating them. Laws harm when we do not show gratitude to the importance they carry. A passage from The Grace of Laws reads, If we show gratitude to laws, then we will receive the protection of laws. If we are ungrateful to laws, laws will not pardon us either, and we will suffer confinement and constraints. When we advocate for laws that protect rather than harm, we as one Buddhists honor the capacity for grace inherent in mindful lawmaking. When I do this advocacy work, I now feel like I am not acting with ingratitude towards laws, but requiting grace by trying to shape them with justice and the human way in mind. The ultimate way that this idea of requital is taught in one Buddhist teachings is contained in the phrase, forsaking injustice and fortifying justice. If we wish to see the true potential for laws to be grace-giving, we have to strive endlessly to create laws worth revering, laws of peace and justice. If any of you are struggling with the grace of laws like I was, I hope you're feeling a little bit better about it now. Uh, I'd like to end with a story from a few years ago. In 2010, 200 intellectuals from Korea and Japan gathered to take an objective look at the history and the treaty which annexed Korea a hundred years before. They decided, after months of research and discussion, 
that the annexation of Korea was not a legal act, but one of imperialism which was enforced by military might rather than legislative soundness. Think of how history might have been different if this legality had held the same reverence then, and how we can change the course of history now if we write our laws with a purpose of dignity and protection. Let us requite the grace of laws by changing history for the better here and now. Thank you.